So Father, we want to come uh, very simply as your people and say again, um, once again in our lives, once again um, on our journey, uh, we need a word from the Lord. Um, we need it as individuals, we need it as families, we need it as a church. Um, and so Father, I want to pray again this morning, would you speak to us a fresh word by your word, by your spirit, one that would be a word in season that would arrive at just the right moment for us to hear it, um, one that would speak to where we're living. And we, we trust and we rest in your promise that your word never returns to you void, but it, it does what it was sent to do. And what it was sent to do is to make us alive and to make us free, and to make us whole, and to make us well, and to make us more like Jesus. And so, Father, again this morning, uh, we need a word from the Lord. Would you speak to us? Um, would you help us to listen and receive uh, that word this morning? And we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, so, if you're, um, if you're coming in this week and you weren't here last week, just to say this is part two um, of two weeks where we're talking a little bit about um, kind of the, the vision that is kind of stirring among us as leaders in MCF and that we want to share with you as, uh, as a church family. Uh, and we'd love to hear your uh, reactions as well. Uh, and I guess in a nutshell, last week we shared this basic question. Um, I kind of threw it out to you to ponder. Could it be that at this point in our journey, as a church, um, God is inviting MCF to move from being a good local church, like the church at Antioch in Acts 11, to, some, to being something like a sending, resourcing, equipping, missional church, like the church at Antioch in Acts 13. So that's kind of our basic question. Um, we as leaders um, are convinced that this is a question that God has kind of dropped in our midst and is stirring among us. Um, and I wonder how it has landed with you this week. Um, what's, what's the reaction of your heart? Uh, and perhaps for some of you, uh, depending on your personality, perhaps some of you are itching to get to some action. Uh, maybe some of you by nature are skeptical of too much talk about vision, uh, which can sound very inspiring and very exciting but you're wondering, you know, when do we actually turn it into action? What, what do we actually do? Give us something tangible. Um, and so I want to try this week to take a step forward from last week into what this might start to look like. Um, I, I want us to, to begin by looking again at our key text in Acts 13. This is a text that's been shared with us by a number of people from outside the church and seems to be verses that God really wants us to attend to at this moment in our journey. Uh, so let's read again the beginning of Acts 13 uh, from verse 1. Um, Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, 
they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Um, wonder what you notice as we read those verses. So this is um, a turning point for the church at Antioch. They had been a thriving, vibrant local church with lots of good, encouraging things happening. From this point in the story, they became this kind of missional hub, sending and resourcing and equipping uh, the wider church. Um, but I wonder, did you notice what the kind of transformation agent was in that change? Um, this dramatic shift into new missional adventures, how did it come about? Um, and what you notice is it didn't come about through a process of human planning. Um, they weren't sitting with flip charts on whiteboards and kind of brainstorming together uh, about the future of the church. They weren't taking surveys of their members and their local community and working out their kind of key strategic priorities for the next quarter uh, or something like that. Um, all of those things may have their place. Flip charts can be great and whiteboards can be great and strategic thinking can be great. But none of those are the main thing. What does it say in those verses? It says, as they were worshipping the Lord and fasting. And the older translations actually say, as they were ministering to the Lord, which is a lovely phrase. Uh, as they were worshipping the Lord and fasting. The movement into new missional adventures comes from a place of worship of seeking the Lord together, of seeking the face of the Lord. Um, we might describe it, and this is the word we're going to use this morning, um, as yielding to the Holy Spirit, or you might use the word surrender. That's where this new vision for missional adventure and missional movement comes from. From that place comes clear direction into mission and then movement into mission. And what I want to suggest this morning and what I want to share with you from the leadership uh, that we've become convinced of is that this is the heart of the matter. This is, if you like, the one thing necessary for each of us as individuals, but also for us as a church family. Um, to yield ourselves to the Spirit, or we might say it differently, to bow the knee to Jesus as our King, to let go of our desire to control our own lives and to make ourselves available to him and to say in the words of Isaiah in the Old Testament, here I am, send me, right? So that, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, that it's not about human planning or strategizing. It's about yielding to the spirit, making ourselves available, being willing to go wherever he wants to send us. And from that place, all kinds of new missional energy and direction um, and adventure will follow. Let me say a couple of things about, or sort of reflections about yielding to the Spirit. Um, I think one of the things we be we've become convinced of is this needs to be a pattern and a habit. So in other words, it's not about um, saying we're going to spend the next six weeks yielding to the Spirit. Um, and in prayer and fasting over the next six months, and then we're going to leave all that behind and go and do action after that. Um, it's about developing a, a rhythm and a habit uh, where this becomes our basic posture. This becomes the place from which we always live and to which we keep returning. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed as I read the verses, 
it says, as they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Spirit spoke to them and gave direction. And what was the first thing they did when the Spirit spoke to them? It then says, they then prayed and fasted. <laughs> and then they sent Paul and Barnabas into their missionary adventures. And so this is their rhythm. This is their habit. Their first instinct is to go to the place of surrender and of yielding and of seeking God. And so I guess the question we want to be asking and want to drop uh, in this morning for all of us is how can we make this the main thing in our church life um, and in every part of our church life, in our leadership teams and in our home groups and in our small groups and in our kids' context and our youth, youth context and in our homes and in our families, that repeatedly as a rhythm and as a habit, we keep going back to the place where we are making ourselves available um, and yielding to the Holy Spirit as a pattern, as a habit. Um, I guess the second thing um, maybe to say about yielding to the Spirit is we are convinced that this is what will make our action fruitful. Um, if our action just comes out of human strategizing and human plans, we will fish all night and catch nothing. Right? We will tire ourselves out in frantic, anxious activity, running all over the place, trying to do stuff, trying to change the world, trying to make things happen. Um, but we will tire ourselves and we will catch nothing. But if we listen to the voice of our Lord saying, put your net down there, then something happens, something remarkable. Um, that's, I think, the, the pattern that we see all through the book of Acts, um, where all through the book of Acts you see this period of amazing fruitfulness and impact as, it, as this small bunch of disciples turned the world upside down. And whenever you ask, well, what is the secret of their impact? What you find again and again is the same thing, is the spirit leading them and directing them to the right place at the right time. The spirit leading Philip to this stretch of road where an Ethiopian eunuch happens to be riding in a chariot, reading the prophet Isaiah and not understanding it. And Philip arrives at just the right moment to sit alongside him and um, open up the scriptures with him, or the spirit leading Paul and his companions um, across Turkey into Greece and arriving at just the right place at that river where those women were praying so that the first church in Europe was born. And it's what you see all through the book of Acts is the spirit leading God's people uh, into mission. Um, and I think it's also the pattern that we see in the life of Jesus. Again, you look at the life of Jesus which is the most extraordinarily fruitful life the world has ever seen. And you ask, well, what was the secret of his extraordinary fruitfulness? And what do we find? That he withdraws often to a quiet place to be with his father. And what does Jesus tell us? He says, the son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees his father doing because the father loves the son and shows him. Right? So even Jesus says that the, the key to, to living a fruitful life for him is to keep returning as a habit, as a rhythm, to the place where he yields to the Father and the Father shows him what to do and where to go. And from that place, he speaks and he acts. Um, one of the, um, or the, there's a novel called Moby Dick, which many people talk about as uh, one of the greatest novels ever written. 
Um, I'm going to make a confession that I found it almost unreadably boring. Um, it's mostly about whale anatomy, as far as I can make out. Um, but there were a couple of things that stayed with me. Some of you may love it. Um, uh, um, one of the things that's always stayed with me is there's one moment in the novel, um, and Eugene Peterson talks about this as well, where um, uh, Herman Melville paints a picture of the whaling ship, the whaling boat, uh, going out to hunt the whale. And everybody in the ship is moving and in, in motion. There's a great flurry of activity on the ship and people are climbing the masts and pulling the ropes and I don't have much lingo for sailing so I don't know what else they're doing but they're all, they're all doing stuff on the, on the ship. But there's one man at the heart of the ship who is still. And you come to this sentence where Herman Melville says, to ensure the greatest efficiency in the dart, the harpooners of this world must start to their feet from out of idleness and not from out of toil. And I want you, by the way, to set aside our, our ethical questions about whaling for a second, but it's, it's an image about if our, if our action is going to count, if it's going to hit the mark, if it's going to make a difference, then it needs to come actually from a place of stillness. And we might say a place of listening and of worship and of yielding and letting our action be led uh, by the spirit and not by our own best ideas. Um, and so over the next while in MCF, um, one of the ways that we hope to put this into practice, we're convinced this is something really key, um, is we are going to have more regular times of worship and prayer in addition to our Sunday mornings. Um, and we're going we're gonna to put them under the title of yield. Well, so whenever you hear the word yield, uh, you'll, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, but they're going to be times where we call each other to come and seek the Lord. And it might be on a Friday night, or it might be on a Sunday evening, or it might be at some other time. Um, but, but the call is going to be really simple, just to come and to be in his presence and to sit at his feet. Um, but also to do what we've been talking about and make ourselves available and to surrender and yield to the Spirit and to say, here I am, send me. And so in other words, we want to we have those times of worship and prayer, not just to really enjoy being in God's presence, which is a really good thing to do, but also to be open and expectant that as we do that, he will speak and he will direct us into fruitful action and he will direct us into mission. Um, and so I want to encourage you to watch out for those invitations. Uh, we're going we're gonna to have those evenings when you least expect it, right? We're not, we're not doing it as a once a month thing, but they're going to happen from time to time. Just an invitation to come um, and yield to the Spirit and, be, and seek the Lord together. Um, and the other little thing you may have noticed as we read the passage is the significance of fasting. Um, and we've noticed as we've been reading that this was key for the church in Antioch. And we've kind of recognized as we've been talking about it that for many of us, this is maybe not a regular practice or a usual habit. Um, and so as leadership team, we've recognized this is something we would like to learn about and learn more about through teaching and also through practice. And so again, watch this space because that's something we'd like to um, lean into um, a little bit more. So that's kind of the big headline of what I want to say. If you're going, what do we do? How do we do it? That's kind of the one big simple answer. We do it by yielding to the Spirit and then having that expectancy that he will say, send, 
so-and-so and so-and-so to that place and send them to this place and the direction comes from him. But I do want to say a little bit more about as we've been beginning to um, pray and seek God and yield, uh, what are some of the directions that are starting to stir? So I want to share those with you. Uh, but let me read first just uh, two more verses. Uh, John chapter 20, um, just after Jesus rose from the dead, uh, when he appeared to his disciples, uh, John 20, verse 21 and 22, again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Um, and I guess I just want to observe from those two verses, um, this really simple thing that we forget often, that every disciple of Jesus is sent, right? It's not just the missionaries. It's not just the preachers. It's not just the full-time youth workers. Um, every disciple of Jesus is sent. You are sent on purpose. You are sent on mission. And so at any moment in your life, the question is not, um, are you feeling called? Um, are you feeling sent? Um, the question is, where is Jesus sending you right now? That's the question we need to often maybe be asking each other. Where's, where's Jesus sending you at this moment in your life? Um, and I guess those verses in John really encourage me that that's a question we don't need to be scared of. It, the, the sending may involve, it may involve risk and it may involve cost and it may involve sacrifice and it may involve suffering, but we still don't need to be afraid of it. Why? Because as Jesus sends us, he gives us his peace and he gives us his spirit, right? My peace I give to you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And he breathes on them and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. And so we don't need to be afraid of asking that question. Where is Jesus sending you right now in your life? And I guess I'm going to share for the next few moments um, some of the things that are stirring um, among us in MCF, um, some things that are already happening, some things that are just beginning, and some things that really maybe at this moment are just hunches and inklings and wonderings of kind of going, I wonder if, right? And I'm going to share some of those as well. Um, but I would love you as you're listening for the next few moments to be asking this question, where, where is Jesus sending you right now? Whether you're um, whether you've been a Christian for 50 years or you've been a Christian for five minutes, Jesus wants to send you, right? Whatever, whatever age you are, whether you've been in MCF for a long time or you've just arrived, um, I'd love you to be asking, where is Jesus sending me? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go fast through this, but you can go back and re replay it uh, later on if you want to slow down and hear something in more detail. So um, what are some of the missional directions that are stirring? Um, but I have to start here with everyday mission. Um, every one of us is sent every day into our workplace, into our home, into our neighborhood. Um, we've been talking about this for the last number of months. Um, many of you have really been taking hold of this vision and doing new things in your everyday work contexts, or maybe just approaching the same things in a new way with a sense of expectancy that I'm sent as an ambassador, that I'm sent on mission. And how does that change the way I do my work and the way I approach my colleagues and all the rest? Um, and I guess I wanted to put that up again just to say uh, we, we are, we're convinced this needs to be a key theme 
as we move forward, that uh, for us as a church, this idea of everyday mission needs to be on the table all the time. So that's the first thing. Where is Jesus sending you? And for all of us, there's going to be an element of everyday mission. Um, second thing is the Sandal Center. Um, as we sense God moving us into new missional adventures, this is really important to say we don't want to lose sight of the opportunity that exists in this place. Uh, this building provides a place where the church and the community can intersect in all kinds of ways. Um, and there are all kinds of things going on every day and every week in this building that you can get involved in. And part of the beauty of it is some of them are hosted by the church and some of them are hosted by our neighbors in the community. Uh, but into all those spaces, we as Christians can go uh, and get involved. Um, maybe Jesus is sending you um, over the next while to get involved in some of the things that are going on here. Um, and regularly we send out reminders to let you know what's going on and how you can get involved. And one of the really good ways, if you want to get more involved around the Sandal Center, you may have heard there's a meeting at four o'clock today, um, to, to think and dream and pray about um, things that can go on in the summer around this building in August. Um, we'd love you to be there. Um, so that's the kind of second sphere of mission. And you may, you may notice here a little bit of a Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth movement. So we start with everyday mission, then we move to the Sandal Center. Um, third place, where is Jesus sending you? Um, Coleraine, as we look out wider on our town, um, what are some of the things that are already happening or that are, that are stirring? Um, digging deeper um, is happening every Saturday up in the Heights. Um, you can speak to Alistair down the back if you want to uh, find a way to get involved. But a, a really simple but powerful uh, ministry of gardening and doing really practical work in people's gardens, which then brings friendship, which brings an open door, which brings contact, which brings an opportunity to pray for people, and all kinds of things uh, can happen. Um, the men's shed and the men's group are things that go on over on the Heights as well. Stephen O'Hara, who's down there, um, is very involved in the men's group. These are things that weren't necessarily started by people from MCF, but people from MCF are going and getting involved um, in what's happening. And you can speak to Stephen. Would you raise your hand? Just people know who you are. Speak to Stephen if you'd like to know about what's going on in the men's shed and the men's group. Um, one that I'm not going to talk about now, but the the community garden team uh, have been uh, finding opportunities to go and get involved in things in other parts of our town, which we're not going to talk about right now, but is a really exciting story, which we're going to share uh, another time. So you can look forward uh, to that. Uh, what else is happening in Korean is student mission is happening on campus. And Wallace Bruce, who is Wallace here? He's upstairs. Uh, Wallace is uh, heavily involved. We've got students from the university here this morning. Um, and again, that's something for all of us to be aware of, to be praying, and there may be ways to get involved um, as well. So those are all things that are happening around Torian. I wonder where Jesus is sending you right now. Let's go a bit wider. What's happening on the North Coast? Um, but let me mention a few things. Um, four years ago, um, a number of people in MCF felt that God had put Port Stewart very much on our hearts, uh, and as a result, Ricky and Helen and Colin and others started the prayer walk in Port Stewart uh, regularly, week by week. Um, what was noticeable was God put particular neighborhoods in Port Stewart on their heart that maybe were a little more hidden from view and a little less affluent and often maybe not noticed by the churches at times. 
Um, and one of the really encouraging things is now things have started to happen in some of those neighborhoods. And it wasn't anybody from MCF that began those new things, but the other churches in Port Stewart have started to do things. Um, and so we feel at this stage God is not asking us to start anything new in Port Stewart, but just to pray blessing on the things that are going on there. Um, and I think that one's a really good example of we need to follow the nudges of where the Spirit directs us to go, and we don't know where it'll lead. And nobody will ever know the impact of the prayers that Ricky and Helen and Colin prayed in Port Stewart, but God knows, right? They followed a nudge and they went. Um, one that I really want to draw your attention to is Port Rush. Um, recently, we've come into contact and connection uh, with a couple called Chris and Hannah Agnew. Um, they have been commissioned by the Methodist Church to plant uh, really a new kind of church community in Port Rush, um, really attempting to reach people other churches in the area are not reaching, and maybe a different kind of church that might reach people who are currently outside the circles of, of church. Um, a number of us who've met with Chris and Hannah, um, including myself, um, have a really strong sense as we're talking to them of shared values and shared heart and shared vision. Uh, and so going forward, we want to explore what it might look like to partner together. Um, and actually, if I can say it really plainly, um, we have a very strong sense that God is going to send some people from MCF to go and get involved in what Chris and Hannah are doing in Portrush and are going to ask some people to leave MCF and go. So I'm just saying that to you now. Um, and so, so those of you who are really eager for a bit of action, um, Sunday the 14th of May, which is three weeks away, 7.30pm, we've invited Chris and Hannah to come and they're going to share the vision. I'd love you all to come because I think you'll be encouraged to hear what's going on and you can pray. But I also think God's going to ask some people to go, right? So I've said it now. Um, third thing going on in the North Coast is with refugees. Um, people are moving to this area from many parts of the world. The Great Commission talks about making disciples of all nations. And there's a real sense at the minute that the nations are coming to us. And there are going to be new opportunities for Christians to welcome the stranger, which is one of our most basic biblical commands. Um, and we're talking to other churches and brilliant organizations like Welcome Churches about how to partner together so it's not any of us trying to do it by ourselves. Um, and some people from MCF have already got involved. So Renee has got involved and Bethany and Janine and maybe others as well. But there are gonna be more opportunities coming to be involved with refugees and asylum seekers on the North Coast. Um, I wonder where Jesus is sending you uh, right now. Um, another one I just want to mention as we go through is street pastors. There are loads of people from MCF who are involved week by week in going out onto the streets of Corain, Port Stewart, Port Rush, other places uh, with street pa pastors. It's an amazing ministry of presence and caring practically for people and making connection. Um, again, um, if you want to get involved, Alistair can tell you more about that. Uh, Steph Quigley, if she's around, uh, I can tell you more about that. Lots of ways that you can um, get involved. I'm nearly there. Um, let's go a little bit wider. Ireland. Uh, what's going on in Ireland? Um, Sligo. Um, many of you will know God has put Sligo and the West on our hearts for a number of years. Uh, Jacqueline and Neville, who were part of our fellowship, um, I think really were sent there several years ago. Uh, moved there by work, but very much sent by God. 
Um, Ricky and others have gone on exploring trips, scouting the land, getting to know what God's already doing there, maybe asking the question, is there anything we can join in with? Um, one of the things that is now emerging, um, Jacqueline and Neville have settled uh, in a church called Sligo Community Church. Um, that, where, that's where they've made their church home. Um, and in a few weeks' time, next month, um, a few of the leaders from MCF are going to travel to Letterkenny, and a few of the leaders from Sligo Community Church are going to travel up to Letterkenny because it's about halfway. And we're going to have lunch together on a Saturday and just start to talk and explore and dream together and wonder out loud together how we might be able to partner and encourage one another. And there are some ideas and inklings stirring about what that might look like. Um, and I guess what I would say at this stage is I think there will be opportunities in the future to go and serve short term in Sligo, to go on teams that will be going to do some stuff. But I also think God may ask some of us to go longer term. And God may ask some people from MCF to uproot and go and make a new life in Sligo. So again, I've said, it, said that out loud, um, that that may be part of what happens. Um, and in terms of Ireland as well, we've also been really struck by the ministry of Christ and Youth. Uh, Jasper Rutherford came a few weeks ago and shared the vision, um, really sharing about the huge imbalance between the youth resources, the Christian youth resources that exist in Northern Ireland and those in the Republic of Ireland. And Jasper really was asking us to join him in earnestly praying for workers to go and be involved in church-based youth work uh, in the south of Ireland. Um, and we've had a real sense that God wants us to partner in that work, and the partnering may involve prayer, well, will involve prayer, um, and giving, and there may be an opportunity in the future for MCF to help financially support a youth worker in Sligo or in some other part uh, of the south. But again, it may also involve some people from MCF sensing a call to go and get involved in youth work in the Republic of Ireland and going and being involved. Nearly there, but let, let's blow our minds before we finish and talk about the world. Um, and just to say this, that Rachel Robinson um, from our fellowship is currently in Cameroon with Wycliffe doing amazing linguistic work and living cross-culturally um, in a really beautiful way. Dave Murr has been uh, living in Spain for a lot of the last uh, couple of years, uh, working on the Camino de Santiago alongside people who are on pilgrimage, looking for opportunities to pray with people, talk about Jesus with people. Uh, Dave's going to be going back there later this year. And I guess my question there is just, who will be next? Right? Dave, and, Dave and Rachel were, just, were part of this church, and they sensed the call to go to Cameroon, to go to Spain. And so there's a question there, who's going to be next to be called to go somewhere in the world um, to serve God um, in some kind of way? But I also want to mention Albania. Um, God has brought us as a church into connection uh, with a church in a place called Vlore in Albania. Ricky and Tim were there recently and came back with a strong sense of shared vision uh, and a strong sense of the possibility of future partnership. Um, and so that's going to involve prayer and giving. Uh, we think in the future it will involve a team from MCF going out uh, to Albania. Uh, and again, who knows, there may be people from MCF who go longer term. Uh, to serve in Albania as well. Where is Jesus sending you right now? Um, Uganda, um, God brought Dalway and Eileen into our church family with their long history of connection with fields of life in Uganda. We've had a chance uh, to partner in significant ways financially, um, digging wells and things like that in Uganda. 
and now there's a chance to send the team uh, to Uganda this summer and we're really open to see where that partnership will lead. Uh, there's a connection there that is developing. Um, and there are other connections as well that I don't have time to talk about, um, but we have a connection with Carlos Anana in Portugal uh, with Open Doors through Rachel Corral. We have young people going on Exodus teams to Cork and Slovakia and all kinds of other places. Um, people in this room also have personal missionary contacts in other parts of the world. And in all those ways, there are opportunities to pray and to give and to go. Whew. Right, I'm nearly finished. Um, but I do want to mention a couple more things before I'm finished. Uh, one is about resourcing and equipping. Uh, most of what I've been talking about this morning is about sending uh, in different ways. Um, but there's also those keywords about resourcing and equipping. Um, this is not about saying we have all the answers, but it's about saying there are things that maybe in MCF we have learned along the way, and maybe we can share them with others. Uh, and we'll also have things to learn from them, so it's always a two-way uh, thing. And so there are some things that are brewing there. Uh, there's a course that a few of us designed last year called Find Your Place, uh, really designed to help especially young adults um, find their place in the church and in the world and in God's mission. Uh, we ran it with 12 young adults here last year. It's now been run by friends of ours in Dublin with a group of young adults there. And we're looking at ways that we could share that. We're going to run it again in MCF, but we'd also like to share it with friends in other churches uh, who might be able to make use of that as well. We're running a little pilot group at the minute uh, on training people to preach and teach the Bible, uh, which is something that I'm personally really excited about. Um, we're, having, we're having a great time with the little pilot group uh, doing that at the minute. And again, that's something that we'd like to do again in MCF, but also offer maybe in different ways to other churches and people in other places. Um, and there's evangelism resources that we may be able to share and worship resources and all kinds of other things that are inklings and ideas there. Um, just to underline again, um, hopefully this is already really clear, but we, we've had this really strong sense this is a time for partnership we don't care who starts the ministries. We don't care whose name is on it. We're looking for other people with a similar heart, people who love Jesus and believe the gospel. Uh, and we love to work together for the kingdom. And so if you're aware of other people doing exciting, interesting things um, in Coleraine or the North Coast or other parts of Ireland, and you think we could partner together, then come and let us know because we're looking for people um, to partner with. So I feel slightly breathless going through all that. And so the phrase that's been in my mind when I was kind of working through all that was everything everywhere all at once. Because um, it, it feels a little bit like there's stuff stirring in multiple directions at the same time. And I guess as we've kind of been asking which one should we focus on, we felt like God's answer has been everything everywhere all at once. Uh, and I actually think part, part of why that's important is it's a very humbling thing because you realize, you realize very quickly no one of us as an individual is going to be able to do all those things or even manage all those things or even think about all those things. And so it needs the whole body, right? That's why I'm asking you, where is Jesus sending you? Because if every one of us plays our part, then, this, then we can move in multiple directions at the same time. So it keeps us humble in that way. 
I think it also keeps us dependent on the spirit, saying we can't do all these things or manage all these things or control all these things. But God seems to be stirring things in these directions. And so we want to ride the wave and see uh, where it goes. Right, I'm going to land. I'm going to land. This is the end. I want to come back to where we began. Um, and again, just say we sense this is the key thing. This is not about forming a clever strategy based on our own best ideas. It's about yielding to the Holy Spirit and letting him direct us into fruitful mission. And so for all of us, it comes back to this question, um, which is, am I willing to yield? Am I willing to make myself available? Am I willing to say, here I am, send me? Am I willing to go wherever the Spirit wants to send me? Whether that is to cross the room or cross the street or go across town or across the north coast or across the island or across the ocean, I am willing to go wherever the Spirit wants to send me. And I don't need to be afraid of that question because he's given me his peace and he's given me his Spirit. But am I willing to yield? And so we're going to finish um, by responding to what we've been talking about with a prayer and then with a song. Um, and I sent the prayer out earlier in the week, so most of you hopefully have seen it. Um, this is a prayer from John Wesley. Uh, many uh, Methodist and Wesleyan churches pray it at the start of every year. Um, I think it is a powerful and dangerous prayer, right? And actually, I do want to say, somebody said to me on the way in, John Mark, I've been thinking about it, and I don't think I'm ready to say that prayer yet. And I actually think that's a really good, honest response. And they said to me, is it okay if I don't pray it this morning? I said, that's fine, right? Carry the prayer around and think about it and talk to God about it. Um, but I do want to offer the opportunity, if you feel ready, uh, for us to pray it together. So I'm going to read it through, because I want to give you another opportunity just to hear it. Um, and then I'm going to ask us to stand and if you feel ready, you can pray it out loud. You can pray it silently. Um, but let's read it together. Um, so I'm going to read it to you first. Um, this is the prayer. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Let me ask you to stand. Um, um, let me remind you, um, I do think this morning there'll be some of us here um, who would love to have somebody pray with us individually. And there'll be a couple of people up here uh, to my left, your right, uh, who'd love to pray with you. Um, just make a beeline for them at the end. Um, but if you feel ready, um, let's pray this prayer together and then we're going to sing a song of response. Let's pray. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. 
rank me with whom you will, put me to doing, put me to suffering, let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Let's stay on our feet and the band are going to come um, and lead us in song. <laughs>